Hallelujah. Don't stop praising. Don't stop worshiping our God. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who's glad to be in the house this morning? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Because the Lord is good. Hallelujah. And his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Hey. Lord, you are good. Say, Lord, you are good. You are good. You are good. 
Hey, forever. 
he ever done anything for you? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you know, there's a scripture that I wanted to share with y'all. Uh, just so you know what they're singing about comes from the Bible. Right? Amen. And that is Psalm 150 from the message version. It starts out by saying, hallelujah. Praise God in his holy house of worship. That's what this is. This is his house of worship. Amen. Then it says, praise him under the open sky. So if, if you happen to be outside, you can praise him as well. Amen. And then it says, praise him for his acts of power. Have you ever experienced the power of God in your life? Oh, God. When we weren't even thinking about him, he's moving on our behalf. Praise God for his mighty acts of power. And then it says, praise him for his magnificent greatness. Great is our God. Great is our God. Amen. Praise God. And then it says, praise him with a blast on the trumpet. Amen. We don't have a trumpet yet, but we will. Amen. And it'll be praising God. Amen. And then it says, praise by strumming soft strings. Amen. Pray. Praise God. Then praise him with castanets and dance. Anybody want to dance today? You want to dance like David danced? Praise God. And then it says, praise him with banjo and flute all over the praise team and the musicians. And praise him with cymbals and a big, that's right, praise. Hallelujah. Praise him with cymbals and a big bass drum. Hallelujah. And then it says, praise him with fiddles and mandolin. We'll have that too. We're calling it into existence. And then it says, let every living, breathing creature, that's you, praise God. So let's give him another prayer. Hallelujah. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Praise God. If he doesn't do anything else for you, he's worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I don't want to let go of that, but I got to. Praise God. Praise God. So, welcome to church. Welcome to World Changers Church, where our senior pastors are Pastors Archie and Melissa Collins. This is a great place to be. Amen. There's some people in the hospital that wish they could be here today. Amen. Now we welcome our YouTube audience and we thank y'all for joining us, for clicking on that link and make comments if you want to. We thank you for that. Now we're going to put a minute on the clock and we're going to ask you to greet your neighbors. Amen. All right.
the Lord. All right. Okay, it's announcement time, y'all. Praise God. Okay. Prefla Dollar Global Missions requests you kindly consider providing food boxes, baby items, and cleaning supplies for our community. We're also collecting donations for our annual Thanksgiving feeding families and Christmas toy drive. To contribute, please mark your offering, CD, CDGM Outreach, for donations to our biweekly outreach or CDGM Holiday Outreach for our holiday events. We appreciate your contributions. And then the 2019 Fall Hallelujah Festival. Join us on Saturday, October 26th for the annual Fall Hallelujah Festival from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. This is the time of year. Most will be out trick or treating. So we decided to create a secure environment here on our campus for the youth. This will also give us an opportunity to minister the word of God to our community in a fun-filled way. Can we count on you to volunteer and or donate candy? Uh, no chocolate or peanuts, please. Please visit the communications desk for details and sign up. New members class graduation, the new members department proudly invites you to attend the upcoming new members graduation on Sunday, October 27th. How exciting, the new members. Praise God. Immediately following the morning service, please make plans to congratulate and celebrate our new members, graduates. Amen. And then World Changers Church South, hallelujah, cordially invites you to experience live anointed preaching. I mean, it's anointed down there too, y'all. Uh, every Thursday at our South location in Pearland, invite family, friends, or co-workers living in this area. Doors open at 6 p.m. Corporate prayer starts at 6.30 p.m. And service begins at 7 p.m. Details are available at the communications desk. Saturday corporate prayer. Amen. We have ex Amen. We, we've expanded corporate prayer to include Saturdays in the main sanctuary from 8 to 9 a.m. It's open to the public and all are encouraged uh, to come spend an hour declaring God's promises concerning our lives. We'll give thanks by appropriating our faith, declaring the victory and rejoicing in what Christ has already provided us by his grace. Come join and um, come join in with other believers for a powerful corporate anointing, amen? And then on uh, Saturday, November 9th, we want to make you aware of the fact that we uh, are going into phase three of our Christmas decorations project. And we ask for members and stewards to please sign up. If you get an email, sign up through the email. If you, get, if you don't get an email, please go to the communications desk and sign up. This is an important day. We're not only putting up Christmas decorations, but it's a witness for this community, and they look forward to it. So we ask you to volunteer your time to come up, come out on November 9th at 9 a.m. We will be serving lunch, so we do need your name if you're coming. Amen? And then last but not least, this Sunday, um, is our Breast Cancer Awareness Day. Amen. Our founder, um, Pastor Taffy, asked that we wear pink today in acknowledgement of those who have passed from that disease. How many of y'all know somebody who has passed away from breast cancer? Amen. Look at all the hands. So we acknowledge you and we acknowledge their lives. Amen. And I just want to mention 
to the women. If you haven't gotten a mammogram, if you're not current on that, you need to go to the doctor. Amen? Amen. All right. Get your mammogram. Stay um, current on that. Okay. Amen. So now it's prayer time. Uh, prayer counselors, would you come forward? And as you do, I just want to say to uh, the people in the audience, if you have a need, if you want someone to touch and agree with you, God says it shall be done. I don't care what it looks like. We just have to stand on the word of God and believe that we, you will receive what you come forward and come in agreement with someone on. Okay, so you can come forward now if you have a need.
receive our senior pastor, Archie Collins. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank y'all. Y'all ain't got to stand up, but praise him. Amen. And grab those communion elements right where you're at. Thank you guys for that warm welcome. Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. Amen. <laughs> Love y'all too. <laughs> uh, thinking about what uh, Deborah said uh, while we're recognizing those who have uh, gone home to be with the Lord from breast cancer, we also want to recognize those who have survived. Amen. Those who have been healed and whole. Some of you know people, may even be dealing with, um, you know, cancer yourself uh, and what we declare and decree is that you are healed because because of what you're holding in your hands amen this is the number one medicine for cancer I like what I like what dr. dollar said this morning this is the final antidote that you will need for cancer in your body so we declare and decree that because of the body because of his blood that gives you access to supernatural healing, we say cancer has to be gone. For the believer, cancer is illegal. I said for the believer, cancer has no legal right to be in your body, in your pancreas, in your colon, in your brain, in your breast, in anywhere. It can't be where God is. And the only thing that's left to activate that supernatural healing power is simply your belief. Yes. Your belief in what he's already done. Yes. So the question is that you have to ask yourself, and this is even for those you may be standing in a gap for, the question is, is do you believe what the body of Jesus did? Yes. Do you believe in what the blood did? Yes. Then healing is yours. Yes. So now all you do is when you pray, you pray from a place of thanksgiving. You pray, pray from a place of declaration. You say, well, I, 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 don't, I don't know how to, how to do that. Then that's why you pray in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not praying the perfect request prayer because he's not requesting what Jesus has already done. What he's doing is he's perfectly declaring the will of God on earth as it already is in heaven. So when you don't know what to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost and you will be declaring the perfect will of God on earth. You will be creating out of your mouth through your spirit the will of God here on earth. So we say we're healed. We say we're whole. We say there is nothing missing, lacking, or broken. We declare peace in your body. In Jesus' name, you may eat and you may drink. Father God, we thank and praise you. It is done. And as we prepare our hearts to receive your word, we thank you for this, another opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep, Lord. 
I thank you that revelation knowledge will flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. You're going to do the speaking and the thinking. None of me and all of you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. Well, I'm excited about today. Before I dive into the word, I want to do some quick housekeeping real quick. Uh, in a good way. It's not a bad thing. Sometimes you hear that and you're like, oh, Lord. What, what have we done done? Uh, but uh, I uh, had kind of uh, caught wind, you know, of some concerns within our body uh, just in general because, you know, people see attendance fluctuate from time to time and things like that. I want to encourage you to never be moved by things like that. That's an that's a old um, trap of the enemy in churches in general. It's, it's a way to get you off your faith walk. Because remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected, the evidence of things not seen. So what he'll do to mature believers who are actually coming to church and doing what they're supposed to do, he will begin to try to attack your thinking in your everyday areas of worship, in your everyday flow. Where's sister so-and-so? Where's brother so-and-so? I hadn't seen them. And then your mind gets to running on what may or may not be happening. But you don't know they're on a vacation. You don't know that such and such is going through a healing. Or you don't know that maybe some people are under some type of attack. You know, it's like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be there anymore. I don't know, da, da, da. But, but the, the whole thing is, is it has nothing to do with you. And so you want to be careful to not lose focus and begin getting your attention onto other things because trust me, the enemy's not only trying to attack you in that area. Amen? But then it will, it will grow from just being what I see day to day on Sunday or Wednesday, and then all of a sudden now I'll start questioning what I am or am not seeing in my personal life. Why? Because I've opened up the door in my thinking now to begin to entertain the voice of the enemy. Remember, that's all Eve did. She just, uh, or, or at that time her name was the woman, but that's all she did was she just began a, con I mean, she just started that, or uh, operated in that conversation with the serpent. She hadn't done anything wrong at first, but through that conversation going deeper and deeper and deeper, it led to an action that caused her to not believe God. So, so be very careful of that and very cautious in that. I was talking to a couple the other day, and we were kind of talking about this very thing and began to share with them, you know, uh, that attack is happening across the entire body of Christ right now. Churches are, if, you, if you've been in the other ones, it, it, it's, it's something going on right now where the enemy is just really attacking people coming to regular physical church. Um, some people are blaming it on, well, because of the internet and all that type of stuff. Now people can stream and stuff. I don't know if I'm buying that. Because that, that, you know, that, that makes it more convenient for folks. But I really think that especially as this gospel of grace is being ministered more and more, the enemy's going to work overtime to, to keep people away from it. Physically away. Because see, here's what happens. As you understand grace, you become empowered. You start realizing that, wait, I have just as much anointing as the, the man or the woman in the pulpit. I have just as much call and ability as everybody else. So then as more people begin to show up, you begin to exercise that gift that's within you. And that's what the enemy doesn't want. He only wants one or two of us up here ministering to everybody. Because we'll never get to everybody. But what if all of us begin to walk in our understanding of who we were in Christ and in the empowerment that he had? Even if I couldn't get to somebody, y'all would make sure they wouldn't get out that door without receiving everything they had Amen. or had to get from God. 
And so the enemy's now working overtime to say, the last thing I can do is let the hurting people show up. Because the healed people are going to get that healing all over them. So what you ought to be doing is, instead of worrying about, you know, what, what is or is not as far as attendance, begin to declare the word of God over those who need to be here. Begin to declare the word of God over your family members who need to be hearing this message, over your coworkers, over your neighbors. Uh, begin to declare that they get into the house of God and become deeply rooted and firmly planted in the word so that they can be empowered to prosper just like you are. And man, when you begin to do that, all of a sudden you flip the enemy's plan on his head because now you're not operating in worry or concern or fear, but you're operating from a place of authority that God has already placed you in. Amen? Amen. So continue to do that. Continue to do that. And, and as God puts people on your heart, uh, if you haven't seen a brother or sister in a while, reach out to them. Reach out to them. That's the body taking care of the body. You know what I mean? Reach out to them because you might be able to connect with somebody way better than I can. You say, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes people mad at me for stuff. I don't even know they're mad at me for. Amen? What you don't know is I tried to call them six times. They won't take my call. But, man, if you reached out to them and loved on them, guess what? Then they'll say, well, you know, even though I'm mad at Pastor, I, you know, Brother Craig gave me a call, and, and I like him, so I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and try to come back and maybe get something right. But, but that's the body taking care of the body. Amen? And we're one big family here, and we love each other. I said we love each other. I said we love each other. Amen. And we will never allow offense to drive us away from where God has placed us. Amen. Amen. So that's the housekeeping. Love you guys. Thank you all for receiving that and hearing that. So now let's get into today's message. Amen. Amen. We're um, hopefully today finishing up the series uh, where we're talking about not being moved. Uh, the title is You Shall Not Be Moved. I don't know what part we're on. I think it's six or seven or something like that. Uh, but we talked about the fact that we have to begin to believe what God's word says. And in believing what God's word says, we have to start confessing what it says in faith. Now, this is not just the same old message of confession, though, that says only by saying this will it happen. No, you're not confessing something so it will happen. You're confessing what has already been done. So we started using a different word because grace has already blessed you, right? Grace is made available the blessing to you, correct? You are already the righteousness of God, correct? You are already healed, for example, correct? So when you confess, I'm healed, you're not saying, I'm healed so I can be healed. You're declaring what already is. Or better way of putting it, you're admitting what Jesus has already done. So we begin to say, hey, instead of me sitting up here asking God for something that's already done, why don't I just go ahead and admit out of my mouth what's finished? My prosperity is finished, correct? My healing is finished. My salvation is finished. I admit that you have already delivered me. And so we begin to talk about these 10 admissions that every believer or these 10 confessions that every believer should have and what these admissions do, they don't cause God to move. They cause you to be fixed in your believing. See, the trick of the enemy is, is he messes with our believers, which is our minds. He tries to convince us that what God said is either not true or is not going to happen. And when we begin to buy into what he says we begin to move away from the blessing that God has already provided. 
I'll say it this way. If your healing has already been done, your healing is fixed. It's there. In the spirit, it's done. The only thing that will stop you from running into that blessing is you moving away from it. And unbelief moves you away from the will of God for your life. Just like this monitor is here, that's the blessing. As long as I continue to head towards his will, what's going to happen? Even if I got to trip over the blessing, it's going to be where God said it's going to be. But if I start not believing the leading in the voice of God and begin to move away from where he's telling me to go, will, will I run into the blessing? Now, is that because of God? No, grace provided what grace was supposed to do. But unbelief caused me to stop hearing and following the leading of the Holy Spirit, and therefore, I end up missing out on what he had. Now, the good news is, is God so good, he'll pick that thing up and he'll throw it right there. And I got a chance to still receive what he had for me because whether you like it or not, this blessing is yours. I said, it's yours. So he'll keep moving it and moving it and moving it and putting it in front of you. But as many times as you get into unbelief, you end up circumnavigating the blessing of God for your own life. Now understand, the devil's only part is, is he's trying to get in your head. He can't move your blessing. He can't block your blessing. He can't take your blessing. Did you hear what I said? The devil, I know that's a popular term. He has no power. It is not a competition between God and the devil. That's the biggest lie that he, he peddled. That's the biggest marketing lie that he peddled is that he is as powerful as God. He's not even as powerful as Jesus. What did Jesus say? Get thee behind me, Satan. He exercised his power in that moment. He resisted the devil and the devil left. And interesting enough, he tells us the same thing. Resist the devil. He didn't say fight with him. He didn't say wrestle with him. He said resist and he will. You have authority over the enemy. He can't move your blessing. He can't touch your blessing. He can't touch your body. He can't touch your health. He has no dominion in any area of your life. Why? Because you've already been granted the victory because of Jesus. So the only thing that can get me to miss what God has is me. Now, yeah, he's the manipulator. He's the deceiver. He's the one that puts the, the words out in the air, but I don't have to take the words that he puts out. Well, how do I combat that? Through your admission, through your confession, through receiving the word of God, and through reminding yourself over and over and over again by putting that truth in there and then reminding yourself of that truth. Every time you confess and admit what God's word says, it's like stirring up truth in your mind. You're just, you're just moving it around in there. But whenever you stop moving that around, it begins to settle. And then if bad, uh, bad uh, words begin to come in from the enemy, all of a sudden they begin to take up all the space all the good stuff took up. And so you need that good stuff constantly coming in, and you need to constantly keep stirring it up so that you can constantly continue to win the battle in your mind against the enemy. If you understand that, say amen. 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 So, the first admission we said was admit to yourself that God loves you. 
All of this starts off the love of God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, who is grace, who shed his blood, that made us righteous, and now that I'm right with God, I can receive all this that we're talking about. So this all, but if I, don't, if I don't think he loves me, then it cancels grace out for me. I'm not worthy of grace in my brain without his love. I'm too bad, I'm, I'm, too, I'm too messed up, I'm too lost. No, the whole scripture said that while we were yet sinners, he recognized your nastiness. He recognized your brokenness. And while you were in that state, he loved you and sent grace to save you. It was because you were a mess and couldn't save yourself. You were like a child out in the middle of a river drowning, and it was because of your inability to swim, because of your inability to save yourself, he caused his son to jump in and rescue you. If you could swim, you didn't need no saving. You could take care of yourself. So it's not because we're messed up that he doesn't love us. It's for that very reason that he sent his son to die for us. And he did not only save us, but then the Bible says we were raised with him. He elevated us in stat status to be, and I know this is hard for some people to hear, but co-heirs or equal with Jesus. And because of that, we now have the same authority that he had on this earth and has. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So say this with me. Say, God loves me. God. The number two was that uh, we had to admit that Jesus is the perfect expression of God. Jesus is the perfect expression of God who is love. He's the perfect expression of God who is love. Hebrews talks about that, talking about him being the uh, perfect reflection of God's love for us. And it's important that we understand that because without understanding that, we will, some people, they can accept who God is, but then don't accept that Jesus was enough. You got to understand that Jesus is enough. His blood was enough to fix your sin problem. Number three was admitting that Jesus is that perfect expression of, of God's love or admit Jesus is the perfect expression of God's love. Uh, there's no greater expression of God's love than Jesus. Sometimes we, we, like I said, we disqualify or we demean Jesus as the best love God could ever give. He is the best love God could ever give. Lord, I want to receive your love, then receive Jesus. Lord, I want more of you, then receive what he did on that cross. That was the best he could do. The best he could do was Jesus. And you have the best he could do on the inside of you. You got to admit that. Number four, admit you are free from your old sinful nature. Say that with me. Say, I'm free, I'm free. from my old. Sinful nature because of the finished works of Jesus. That old sinful nature that was going to land each and every one of us in hell is dead. That old sinful nature that had the curse 
operating in all of our lives is dead. You are no longer labeled a sinner. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, it can't be both now because either grace saved you or it didn't. That's like saying, I'm, a, I'm just that kid out in the river drowning, but I'm saved. Well, either you're drowning or you're saved. I mean, which is it? Either he saved you, either you're rescued, or you're still drowning. But that's what happens in the body of Christ. We try to be both at the same time and wonder why we can't move forward in life. Imagine thinking you're drowning and safe at the same time. That person can't function, can they? But that's how many believers are living. As soon as something happens in their life, it's because I'm a sinner. This is why this is happening, because I'm just a no good sinner. No, 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 either you're saved or you're lost. Either you're in the darkness or you're in the light. We have to make up our minds. Somebody say, I gotta make up my mind that I walk in the light. You walk in the light. You live in the light. That's where you reside. It's the enemy that's trying to throw a veil over your eyes, making you think you're in darkness. The true veil between you and God has been removed. But what the enemy's doing is he's throwing a veil over your face, saying, see, you're still in darkness. Because he's trying to convince you in your mind that you're still lost. Unbelief is that veil when I'm not trusting God. It's that veil over my eyes that says, I'm not trusting them. Brother Gary, can you throw me that black, uh, you know, the little thing we do for the ladies? Uh, unbelief is like this. It's like a veil that goes over. The Bible talks about your face or your mind. And when, y'all didn't tell me I was that close to the edge. Uh, <laughs> that was going to be my example. That's what happens when you got a veil, you break something. But if you got this over your face, guess what you can't do? You can't see, and if you can't see, you can't what? And that's why many Christians are frozen. They can't move. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. Why? Because they've allowed a veil to be put over their minds of unbelief, saying, you, you're not really worthy. He didn't really save you. You're just a sinner. You're no good. But the Bible says the actual veil between you and God is already gone. You're the righteousness of God. And the moment you choose to believe that, that second false veil that tries to be there is removed, and guess what? I can see. I can move. I can walk. I know how to call things. I can hear. And that's what we got to do. It's not like you got this veil on and then God is going to be playing games with you, talking about, okay, now, even though you can't see nothing, go left, go right. But pastor, no, that's, that's blind faith. No, that's stupid. The, the, you can see the truth because of his word. His word says you're righteous. His word says you're right with him. God's not tricking you. He's not trying to play games with you. You are his child. And God ain't no mean parent. So he's giving you all that he has. And as a result, you're free to see and follow him. Now you just got to believe that you're free. If you understand that, say amen. amen. So I'm free from my old sinful nature. Number five. Uh, admit that we are co-heirs with Christ. We just talked about that. We are co-heirs with Christ who is the lawful owner of all things. Say that with me. Say, I'm a co-heir with Christ and I'm a lawful owner of all things. Now, that's what the Bible says is that he has all authority. 
Now, we spent a lot of time on this understanding that I'm not an heir of Christ. I'm a co-heir with Christ of who? Of God. I'm a direct heir of God because of Jesus. Now, we talked about the Queen uh, Elizabeth saying, you know, when she goes home to be with the Lord one day over there uh, in the UK, and then the next people come up who have the right, as soon as she's gone, they have the right to become what? The rulers, the kings and the queens, right? When Jesus left this earth, who were the other heirs? You and me. When he went back to heaven, he physically left us as the rulers. You are a co-heir. But, but that means I have the same ability to rule like and operate as Jesus did? Absolutely. It's not only that you have the ability, you have the responsibility to do it. And so the world is sitting waiting for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God saying, where are the rulers? Where are the ones who represent his love? Where are the ones who have the authority over this mess that we all find ourselves in? Where are the ones that we can follow who will lead us to the truth? Where are the ones who will take us to his presence? It's you. It's me. And we have to admit that we are co-heirs with Christ. Therefore, we are heirs of God. Now, you got to understand, this is a whole mind change. Uh, it's like Meghan Markle, who, who um, you know, she used to be, you know, over here as an actress. She had to go through a whole mind change when she married Prince, Prince Harry. She now is in the line of royalty. You can't just roll just like an actress. Because people, you know, you got, you got a whole other level of authority. And then that's what they groom People in royalty, they groom the bloodline from birth so that you will properly operate in your authority. But you can't properly operate in your authority if you don't understand what this even means. We're not like everybody else. Some may think we're arrogant, but we're not arrogant. We just understand that we're not like everybody. We have a greater responsibility. We don't abuse that responsibility, but we understand we have a job to do. There's people counting on us. We have to administrate. We have to distribute. We have to operate in a certain way because without us, this thing don't work. Why? Because of the authority in their case, it's the authority that has been placed on them. In our case, it's the authority that has been placed in us. And therefore, the responsibility is on us to operate a certain way. But the devil was working overtime trying to make us confused on who we are. So what he's done is as a result of that, then he puts his rulers in place. And they're occupying your position. They got your authority. They got your power. They got your money. They got your stuff. They're, they're, they're operating your broadcast systems. They're, 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 they're in your spot. It's time that we know who we are. You are a co-heir with Christ. 
why didn't Christ take over all that stuff? That, that's what they were asking him. Why don't you just take over everything? He was saying, no, no, no that's not my responsibility. That's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to provide a way for you. Back to the Father so that you can dominate once again. Now understand, I'm not talking about dominating people. But the systems of this world are under you. And the moment you want to see them operating right is the moment you decide to get in your spot. God has called you to a place of natural anointed authority in this world. And I declare that I agree with the word of God that before the return of Christ, we will be in our place. I said we will be in our place. We, what's our place? It's a place of victory. But you got to know who you are. You're a co-heir. Say that with me. I am co-heir with Christ. I'm an heir of God. Number six was admit that Jesus is grace, who is truth, who is the way. Jesus is grace, who is truth, who is the way, and the life. And I have him in me. You have victory in you. You have truth in you. You have the way in you. Now, the first thing you should realize as you're speaking that out of your own mouth is, wait, if I got all that in me, then I have victory in me. That means victory and failure cannot be in me at the same time. Failure does not exist in you. I mean, you got to believe it. And as soon as you believe it, the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you and you'll stop failing. Because somebody say, well, I hear you saying, but I'll be failing. You be failing because you be not listening to the Holy Spirit. It's time to listen to him. He cannot lead you to failure. The word says he can't lead you to sin. He can't lead you to failure. He only leads you to places of victory. So if I'm failing in life, it's not that God's mad at me. It's not that he doesn't love me. It's I got to check who I'm following. Am I following God? Myself? Because sometimes it's not even the devil. Am I following God, myself, or am I following the enemy? I'm going to follow him because as I follow him, I'll always end up in victory. Amen? What was that, number six? Number seven, admit we have grace, grace. Somebody say grace, grace. Grace, grace. Because of Jesus. Go, to, go with me real quick to John. I want you to see this one. Go with me to John 1, John chapter 1, verse 16 in the King James. John chapter 1, verse 16 in the King James. Because some of you have just learned the fact that you have grace available. But you got a little more than that. It says, and of his fullness, talking about Jesus, we have all we received. And grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. I got grace, grace because of him. Go to the Amplified and go back to verse 16. It says, for out of his fullness, out of his abundance, we have all received. You see that? It didn't say you were receiving. You, we have all received. It's important to get the tense of these statements correct. 
Because some people think they're still waiting for something. What's going on? I'm just waiting for God to show up. He's shown. We have all received, all had a share, and we were all supplied, Edie, with one grace after another. Grace doesn't stop in your life. And spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing heaped upon one another. And even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. You have no lack in your life. I said you have no lack in your life. The responsibility now on you is not to do anything to make it happen because it's been done. All you have to do now is believe. And when you believe, let me break this down to you because I, I, I hear some of you saying, well, that's amazing, but how do I get it? <laughs> how does it show up? When you believe the Holy Spirit, somebody say the Holy Spirit. the Holy Spirit. The voice of God who lives on the inside of you will now guide you in your natural day-to-day -day activity. And he will lead you right to where you're supposed to go. But somebody says, well, what if I run into a wall? Meaning people don't say I'm educated enough or they don't say I'm the right color or I'm not the right gender or I'm not the right age. You got favor upon favor. If rules and laws and policies and procedures got to be changed so that that blessing ends up manifesting in your life, then that's what's going to be done. Why? Because I believe what his word says, it's already mine. So nothing can stop me from receiving what's mine. And I refuse to let go of what is rightfully mine. Somebody say, that sounds a little stingy. Yes, I'm stingy with the blessing of God. I'm not letting nobody else have my blessing. I'm not letting the world have my blessing because I need that to do what he's told me to do for his people. My passion to receive the blessing is based on my compassion for his people. I got to have it so I can go give it. Every spiritual blessing upon a spiritual blessing, even favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. So if you understand that one, say Amen. And we talked about this on Wednesday. We had a good time with it. I, I encourage you to get the CD or watch the YouTube stream because we spent the whole day on it. And it's number eight. It was admitting that nothing or no thing can move his love away from me. Nothing can move his love away from me. I can't be separated from God's love. Say that with me. I can't be separated from God's love. Now his love brought Jesus, right? So say this with me. I can't be separated from Jesus. I can't be separated from Christ. Now, according to John 1, Jesus is the Word, right? So I can't be separated from the Word. I can't be separated from the truth. I can't be separated from the way. I can't be separated from the life. I can't be separated from grace. That's who Jesus is, right? And grace is my victory. And if I can't be separated from Jesus, because I can't be separated from the love of God, and if I can't be separated from grace, 
and I can't be separated from my victory. Your victory will never be separated from you. Because for the victory to be separated would mean his love stopped working for you. It would mean the blood of Jesus lost its effective power. Nothing is greater than the blood. I said nothing is greater than the blood. Your sins are not greater than the blood. The law is not greater than the blood. The devil is shown enough not greater than the blood. And the blood was shed because of his love. And no thing can separate you from his love. Amen? So as we begin to conclude this, I begin to look at this in my studies and I said, I got to admit, number nine, I have to admit or begin to confess that through Christ, we have the victory. It sounds so simple, but as you begin to look at all these things, it's like I got to admit, I got the victory. Every day I wake up, I got the victory. Somebody says, why does that matter? Because when depression tries to come into your life, you will remember, I got the victory. When lack tries to show up in your life, you will remember, I have the victory. I've been given victory not because of me and how good I am. I've been given victory because of his love for me and how good he was and is. My victory is not contingent upon my behavior. It is totally contingent upon his behavior. And last I checked, he's still all good. So we hear these declarations of these truths in church, but now you got to apply it all the way to home in advance and already make up your mind. Somebody say, get your mind right. You know, before you, uh, a lot of guys do this and gals do this in sports, is before you even play the game, you have to already see yourself winning. You already have to see that everything is good. I'm prepared. I'm ready to go. That's what you're doing for this week, right now. You're getting your mind right. My mindset is I already have the victory because of Christ. Why? Because when the battle comes, you will already know you're fighting a defeated foe. You already know it. Wait, this is the devil. This thought that's coming to my mind is contrary to the truth of the word, so it's already defeated because I already know it's a lie. They said I'm about to get fired, and I know I ain't did nothing wrong. That's the enemy talking. It's a lie. Try it. I've done it more times than I care to say. When the haters come and start lying on you. And I said, I know I ain't did nothing, Lord. He said, you're sure right. You hadn't done nothing, but I've done everything already for you. Now believe what I said. And I'm talking about going up to the highest levels that one could go. God has moved on my behalf. I'll come out of meetings that I was supposed to get fired with a raise because that's how good my God is. Oh, y'all acting like we don't know what we talk. You better talk to a believer. They have no authority over you. God, this is for somebody. God put you in that place. He put you in that position. He called you to that thing. Now, if man don't want to line up, then he'll give you something even better. 
but the world has no choice but to line up with what the Word of God says about you. It's time you get your mind right. Stop trying to fight battles once you get into them. That's why you're getting whooped, because you ain't ready. You got to be ready. Somebody say, be ready. You got to be ready. And then when the, when the stuff comes, God, Holy Spirit told me that one day because I was getting whooped. And he said, listen, you're going about this all wrong. He said, who is the devil? I said, a liar. He said, exactly. So everything he tells you, the opposite is true. And so whenever the lies would start coming, I would out of my mouth confess the opposite. Something going to happen to your children. My children are well protected because of Christ. You're going to lose your job. I'm about to get a promotion. Your wife don't care. My wife loves me more than ever. This and that's going to happen with the church. We're about to see increase in growth. I'm telling you, and every single time, the, the opposite happens. Why? Because the opposite is actually the will of God. The devil is trying to get you to buy into his lie so you can say it out of your own mouth. You're the creator on earth. You operate like your daddy. Your daddy operates out of his mouth, and so do you. So if the enemy can put his words in your mouth, you begin to create the will of Satan on earth. Hallelujah. No, that's not what we want to do. We want to create the will of God on earth. So, but, but it all boils down to when those negative words, just like right now, you're getting positive word into you. And it builds faith. And as a result, you then begin to believe what you're hearing and you go out and you speak like it and you talk like it and you act like it. But then when Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday at midnight comes, the enemy begins to try to put his word in. And if you entertain it like you're entertaining me on today, like you're entertaining the Holy Spirit on today, if you entertain it and give place to it, it has opportunity to take root. And the same process can happen in the negative reverse. Only it produces fear. That is another force that begins to operate in your life. And without knowing it, and some of us, we become skilled at dressing it like it's faith, but it's really still fear. And it comes out in our prayers, and it comes out in our, 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 our time out in the lobby as we're talking to other believers. And it comes out in these ways, and then we wonder why the word doesn't seem to be working. It's because you're not working the word out of your mouth. And so how do I tear all that down? I simply believe he's a liar. I call him who he is. And then I look at what he produces, and I begin to operate opposite. And I'm telling you, You'll never fail moving in the opposite direction of the enemy. Amen? What was that, number nine? I didn't, get, I didn't give you nine yet, did I? Okay, admit through Christ, we have the victory. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Let's get ready to bring this on to a close. Now, I say that, but I, I still got like 20 minutes, so y'all don't... <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15, 40, 57. It says, but thanks be to who? God. Thanks be to who? God. Who gives us the victory. I mean, just, just y'all know I like just stopping sometimes at the, at the first part of the sentence because sometimes you just run through it and you don't, what they call exegete the truth that's just right in front of you in the beginning. 
Thanks be to God. It didn't say worry be to God. It didn't say concern be to God. It didn't say be begging God. It said be thanking God. Thanking God for what? For the finished works of Jesus. No matter what it looks like, thanks be to God. Why? Because I already know I got the victory. I see what's happening, but what I'm seeing is not true based on his word. And if it's not true based on his word, yet I see it right now, then that means what you see is only temporary. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Because some people say, but I'm seeing what the doctor says. It's only temporary. It has to change. I said it has to change. It has to change. It is temporarily manifested in this world, but it is there illegally. And so the will of God is going to catch up with what's illegal in your life, and it will obliterate it. Don't marry what you see. Don't buy into what you see. It's not there but for a short while. It will change. So I tell God, thank you, because I know this is going to change. Because you, God, capital W, right there in the middle of that sentence, he's the one who's giving you the victory. He gave you the victory. And when he gave you the victory, you became the conqueror. Do you see this? Who gives us the victory, making us conquerors. That's who you are, you're conquerors. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Your big brother won the battle. He already won it, so you're the conqueror because of him. It's like when the bullies tried to come and fight you at school and your big brother showed up and whooped everybody. He didn't just win, you won too. Why? Because he did that for me. I don't have to fight who he's already beat. I said, you don't have to fight who he's already whooped. You're victorious without throwing a punch. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory making us conquerors through our Lord Jesus Christ, Romans 8, 37. I got to admit, I got to confess, I got the victory. I have to admit, I have to confess that I got the victory. Romans 8, 37 says, yet amid all these things, who are you? Now, I just saw that I was a conqueror. Now, this one is saying I am more than conquerors. I just saw I got a victory through God, this is saying I'm more than a conqueror and I gain a surpassing victory through him who loved us. That's why I said your victory is directly tied to the fact that you got to admit God loves you. Without his love, I don't believe I got victory. Some of us who think we are in living in defeat, the solution is believe God loves you. You thought it was to go do this, and I got to do that, and I got to give this, and I got to give it. No, 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 stop all of that self-effort and all that performance and trust his performance. The solution to receiving my victory is trusting in the love of God. He loved me, so all of this stuff is true that he's saying about me. I am more than a conqueror, and I have gained a surpassing victory. That means it's not just victory on earth, but also I got victory where I will make it to heaven. Some people are actually stopping really get to worrying about that. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. You're going to make it because of Christ. 
Believe in him. Believe in him. And then you can begin again to follow the Holy Spirit. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but to follow the Holy Spirit for what you need to do on earth. You're feeling bad because you're not doing the stuff that you know you should be doing on earth. You're still sinning, and you don't know why, and that's making you believe that you're not going to make it to heaven. That's not what the Word says. But there's a way to fix your sinning problem, and that's by allowing God to renew your mind. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I have a surpassing victory through him who loved me. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Is this helping you today? Amen. 2 Corinthians 2.14. I have the victory. It says, but thanks be to God. Here we go again. Whole another scripture saying the same thing. Thanks be to God. Why? Who in Christ. How often? Always. Only on Sundays. Always. Just on Wednesdays. When you give a $1,000 offering, when you attend a church at least six times and you have now unlocked the achievement of victory. No, 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 no. It says nothing about our behavior, but everything about his behavior. He in Christ leads us to triumph. As trophies of Christ's victory. And through us, spreads, keep going, and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Did you know that you're evidence of God's love? I need you to stop and think about that for a second. You're the proof that God is good. I said you're the proof. That's what evidence is, right? You're the proof. Jesus is not just the proof. Jesus is what made you the proof that God is good. That's why when the world sees us, they have to see his goodness operating in our lives. Somebody say, are you talking about materialism? No, I'm not just talking about materialism. What I'm saying is, is we ought to be able to see healing, though. We ought to see prosperity, which is stuff. We ought to see wealth and health. How are we going to tell the world how good God is and you ain't got nothing. I'm not saying that in condemnation. I hope you hear the context I'm saying that in. It took me a minute to understand this and to get this. And, and I was like, wait, I can't be talking about how good he is. And I'm broke. I'm sick. My marriage falling apart. My kids acting like they ain't got no good common sense ever. Everything I do fails. But God loves me, and he's good. No, the world will look at that and say, I'm doing better than you are with what I'm doing. But see, we, many of us were living that way that I just described, including me. We were living that way because we were trusting in our performance, not understanding that grace had already hooked everything up for us. And the moment we started believing in what he did and we got off the throne and then began to follow the Holy Spirit, all that natural stuff began to line up. We're the evidence. The fragrance. Smelling good because of God. People walk up to you and they see what's going on in your life. Ooh, that smells good. What you got on? I got on Jesus. 
I got on grace. I got on grace. What, what you got? Yeah, I, I, I got that on. You want some of this too? Fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Keep going. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God. Keep going. Discernible alike amongst those who are being saved and amongst those who are perishing. People can smell the difference between those who are saved and those who ain't. There's a, there, and, I, and I love the fact that he's using this example. There ought to be a tangible difference. And again, this is not preaching materialism, but it is, it is saying that there should be a marked difference between you and them so that they will see how good he is. When you know God, this is part of the result. If you understand that, say amen. Let's go to um, 1 John chapter 5. So I'm admitting through Christ. These are all under number nine. I'm admitting through Christ that I have the victory. Let's talk about some things that we have victory over. First, you have victory over the world. Say that with me. I have victory, I have victory. over the world. world. We're going to hit a lot of scriptures here really fast, so I want you just to keep with me. And if, if I lose you, just say, hey. <laughs> and I'll slow down. 1 John 5, 4. And we're going to go to the New Living Translation for these. Read this one with me. Ready? Read. It says, for every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve the victory through our faith. So who are you? Child of God. So who have you defeated? The world. I said, who are you? Who have you defeated? Okay, now I need you to really think about the world. The stuff in the world that's bothering you right now. Who are you? And because of who's on the inside of you, you have the ability to defeat who? That crazy stuff that you're seeing in the world, the answer to it is on the inside of you. I'll say that, Lord. He's not returning to defeat the stuff for you because he's already put the ability in you. So stop looking for him to return to fix the problem that he gave you the tools for. He's giving you the tools and he's giving you the manual, the master manual, the master's manual on the inside of you. And you got a built-in YouTube channel known as the Holy Spirit to show you and tell you what to do. The victory is yours, but you have to apply the instructions. Let's keep going. Uh, John 16, 33. You got victory over the world. I realized this when I started looking at some things in politics and this, that, and the other. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm sitting here complaining about stuff, and I got victory. I got the answer. So, Lord, what do you want me to do? It's no good to get up there and just be typing on social media about it, just doing that. 
It's no good just to be talking and arguing with everybody about stuff. What you going to do? I have told you all this so that you may have peace. Somebody say peace. peace. I declare your peace today, your assurance that you are the righteousness of God and that all is well. Peace in me. Jesus, Jesus is the one talking here. He says, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. Be of good cheer, one version says. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And your peace is in Jesus. First Corinthians 10, 13. So I have victory over the world. I also have victory over temptation. I said victory over temptation. Somebody said you're messing with something. I'm just telling you what the Holy Spirit told me to put on the paper. Because you, with your ruling self, with your graceful self, with your glorious blessed self, the enemy will still try to come and tempt you with stuff that you and only you can be tempted with. The Bible says that a man is drawn away by his own lust and desires. See, the devil didn't make you do it. You was thinking about it, and that's why you did it. It can only be an open door in your life because you opened it. It's what your mind has been on. It's what your thoughts have been on, and so you are drawn away because you've been focusing on that thing. Some of us, we've got to change our focus, amen? amen. It says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And what? God is faithful. God is, thank God, God is faithful. Amen. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. If you're tempted, it doesn't have to overtake you. When you are tempted, he will show you. There's the answer. Some of you are like, this is great, but uh, you're kind of in my house right now, so what do I need to do? He will show you a way out so that you can endure. You know how he will show the believer? Via the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will tell you. Here's your way out. Here's your escape hatch. I know she looked good. Here's your escape hatch. I know he looked good. Here's your escape hatch. I know that food looked good, but here's your escape hatch. I know that bottle looks good. Here's your escape hatch. I know that joint looks good. Here's your escape hatch. Thank you. <laughs> but I got, I got to know and he's faithful. He always provides a way of escape. Some of us need to become escape artists. Amen. You're just putting up with it. Like, I don't, I don't know. Exit right there. He's provided a way of escape. And you taking the way of escape is showing that you trust him. I got victory over temptation. Somebody say that with me. Okay, now say it like you believe it. <laughs> One more gear now. Somebody say, what's temptation? Temptation is whatever you know you ain't supposed to be doing. Don't try to put no new rules on it now. God told you not to do this, or he told you to do that, and you're going to be tempted to obey or disobey him. I mean, sorry, to uh, disobey him. 
for your life. The Holy Spirit is giving instructions for your life. This is for us who are under grace. I need you to understand this. This is how you take care of, is this a sin or is this not? What did God tell you? And now the temptation, just like it was for Eve, the temptation will be to go against what he said for you. Or for Adam, I should say. Somebody say, why, why Adam? Because Adam is the one he told not to eat the fruit. He didn't tell Eve. So it really wasn't a temptation for her because he didn't tell her. We read that wrong often. He told Adam, though. And so it was more of a temptation for him to hook up and be with his woman and roll with her than it was with God. And he was like, mm, God, I love you, but our, uh, I'm going to roll it this way. And that was it. He was tempted, and he failed. So, so you have the victory over temptation. You also have the victory over the evil day. You have victory over any days of evil that try to show up in your life. And the word says it. Go with me to Ephesians 6.13. It says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor. Now, when you study this out, you understand that this is not talking about real armor. It's actually talking about equipping your mind with these offensive and defensive tools that God has given us. But therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to do what? There it is. We talked about this earlier. Resisting the enemy. When you resist him, he has to flee. So that you will be able to resist the enemy when? In the time of evil. Notice, this sentence denotes, or this scripture denotes, there will be a time of evil. It didn't say there won't be a time of evil. It didn't say there won't be a time of temptation. But it just does say that you have to put on your equipment so that you are ready and able to resist. Some of us are standing butt naked in a time of evil and then wonder why it hurts. Wonder why it has effect. Amen. Amen. He said, you didn't put your clothes on. You didn't put your stuff on. Yeah, on. How are you going out the back? <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> how, are you, how are you like David? Nope, that didn't work either. How are, you, <laughs> how are you going out to battle butt naked with no armor on, expecting to have, be victorious? He's saying, armor your mind. Clothe yourself with, with what I've given. And it begins to talk about the different pieces of armor. And he said, all of that will give you what you need in your resisting process. That's a, that's, this whole thing, is, that's a series right on itself. But you have, he wouldn't tell you to put on what you don't have. He wouldn't tell you to put on what you already don't have. You have the armor. You can resist on the evil day. If you understand that, say Amen. Say this with me. Say, I have victory over lack, victory over lack. in any way. In any way. Go quickly to Philippians 4.19. Philippians 4.19. It says, and the same God who takes care of me, this is Paul talking to the church of Philippi, he's saying, and the same God who takes care of me will do what? Supply what? All your needs from his glorious riches. You have to stop operating from a place of need and start operating from a place of supply. 
You have to, let me say that better. You have to stop operating in life. You have to stop talking, walking, praying, living from a place like you need something from God and start operating as if grace has already supplied all you need, because it has. He has. Grace has supplied all of your needs. Let's finish this scripture up right here. Which have been given to us. What's been given to us? Go back. Supply all your needs from his glorious riches. His glorious riches. His glorious riches is my supply. His glorious riches is my supply which has been given to me in Christ Jesus. In the package of Christ Jesus, I received the glorious riches of God. And they have supplied any and everything I'll ever need. Amen. You're victorious. Amen. Go to James, uh, sorry, uh, go to 1 Peter 3.18. 1 Peter 3.18. Say this with me. Say, I have the victory, have over, victory. Sin. over sin. 1 Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered for our sins. How often? Once. Every time you do something you ain't supposed to do. Uh, he said, once... For all time, Christ suffered for our sins. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. You have been safely brought home to the arms of the Father. It's back to that kid that was drowning in the river. Christ jumped in one time. One time. And every other time you decide to jump back in, supernaturally, you end up on the shore. I need you to see that because some of you guys think he's jumping in every time. You try to jump in and then you keep landing on the shore. And then you try to jump in to sin again, but you keep landing back on the shore. Why? Because you have victory over sin. You have victory over the dumb acts that you do. His saving you saved you for all time. So you, that's why it's important for you to believe you're saved so you stop trying to jump in. He'll find Holy Spirit's on the inside of you telling you you can no longer jump in there and be hurt. He saved you from yourself. And that's hard for some people to believe because they're like, no, 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 no. I just, I just got this problem. Your only problem is that he's already saved you. <laughs> and that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. But, but he saved you. And because of that, you have been rescued. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. Say this with me. Say, I have victory, I have victory. Over, death. over death. 1 Corinthians 15, 55. It says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Keep going. For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law, the law gives sin its power. But thank God. Here we go again thanking God. He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. They said you was going to die in that hospital, but guess what? You got the victory. They said sin was going to take you down, but guess what? You got the victory. 
See, some of you, when it comes to this death thing, you don't get it because you ain't almost died. But there's some people in this room right now that's done almost died a couple of times. And they still sitting here because they understood that I got victory over death. When people said it was no way, a way showed up. Because the way lives on the inside of them. And they believed. And they stood in faith. And as a result, victory is theirs. You got victory over death. Philippians 4.13. Say, I have victory over a, over a bad attitude. Why is that important? Because day to day, like I said, stuff happens, it affects your attitude, and you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this no more. I can't do you no more. I can't do this no more. I can't, whatever. I can't do this. You have victory, believe it or not, over a can't-do attitude. It says, for I can do... I can do everything. Not through me. Because through me, I'm through with you. <laughs> through me, I'm through with this. But through him, I can love you. I can operate. I can function. I can follow the will of God. I can do everything through Christ. Why? Because he gives me strength. You're on E because that's where we often end up. But he never runs out. He always has the ability. He always has the supply. And you can do, you can do, you can do everything Christ needs you to do. I put a note here. I said, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I have the ability to take by faith. How do I do that? I believe in my mind, being convinced what he said is true. I believe in my mind that what he says is true, and I'm convinced it will work out. I'm convinced. You've got to be convinced it will work out. I have the ability to take by faith what grace, who is Jesus, has made available to me. Romans 8.1. You have the victory over condemnation. You have the victory over condemnation. So now there is no condemnation for those of us who belong to Christ Jesus. Keep going. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You are a part of the grace nation, which means you're a part of the victorious nation. Grace has saved you. Grace has delivered you. And those demonic spirits the power of sin has been broken over your life. Somebody said this with me. Haters can't hurt me. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. You have the power, sorry, you have the victory over haters. Hebrews 13, 6. Hebrews 13, 6 says, so we can say with confidence, say this with me, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Now, if I've ever seen a swag scripture, that's one right there. It says, the Lord is my helper. 
I will not fear. What can mere men, check this out, you're a co-heir with Christ, you're an heir of God. What can mere men, why did he say it like that? Because you're not a mere man. You're not a mere woman. Last I checked, when I'm the heir of something, I am that. It, it, the same blood runs to me. If I'm royalty, I'm royalty. If I'm an heir of God, then I am a, ooh, one person wants to admit it. If I'm an heir of God, if you was an heir of an angel, what would you be? If you were an heir of a king, what would you be? Or a queen? If you were an heir of a dog and that was your species, what would you be? If I'm an heir of God, then who am I? I'm a God. But, but, but mere men are the only ones who have a hard time admitting that. The moment you realize you are not a mere man, this scripture will be true for you. You'll be able to say, the Lord is my helper. Gods don't fear men. I said, gods don't fear men. Gods don't fear men. Somebody said, he don't lost his mind. He's saying we gods. I didn't say you were gods. I'm saying that's what the scripture said you were. You got to stop changing it to be what makes you feel better. Because you think because of your bad behavior that you can't be who he says you are. That's the whole problem. The Holy Spirit is the one on the inside of you teaching you and guiding you on how to be who you really are. So stop beating yourself up because you're in a process. You're still in a process. You're like that young ruler who's growing up and he has a tutor or a person who's, who's saying that this is how you hold your glasses, this is how you rule, this is how you do that. So yeah, you're, you're in a process, but that doesn't change who you are. I said, that doesn't change who you are. And, and, so, and so, so now what's happening is, is I am maturing and I am growing in him. And as a result, now it's getting to the point that I'm mature enough and I'm ready to be who I am. But I got to know who I am so that I do not fall prey to what people will say. Who are you? Didn't they do that to Jesus? Ain't that Mary's boy? Ain't that Mary's boy? Ain't that Joseph's boy? I don't even know if Joseph is daddy. Now that was important because under certain rules and stuff like that, like if you had no daddy, you had no right to say nothing. I mean, you know, if, if your parents weren't married. So it was a big deal that they were even letting Jesus talk to them. Because they're talking about his daddy, God. Well, you have no right to come in this synagogue and say anything because you came from a broken marriage. But he had a daddy. His daddy was God. You are God's. Somebody say, no, I don't know. It meant this, it meant that. It's in the Bible. Look it up. I'm already out of time. I can't, I can't bring it all down to you. You're, you're not. You've got to be who you are. How, how does God live on the inside of you, but you something else? I mean, let's just make it real plain. 
How does your spirit contain all of God and you ain't him, from him, of him, producing him out of you? How is that even possible? It's not. Somebody need to tell you the truth. This is who you are. This is who you are. And you are victorious. So it's time for you to just admit the truth and confess the truth and get your mind right because now what the enemy's going to do is he's going to come this week to try to show you just how human you are, to try to prove to you just how powerless you are. But I declare in Jesus' name, your helper will show up every single time. The one you depend on, the one you need, the one who has your back will be there every time. And I declare that all throughout this week, you will experience nothing but victory after victory after victory after victory. I declare that as you root yourself in this truth, you will not be moved from what? From your place of victory. There's a guy who wrote a song, I, I found it, his name was uh, John Hurt. You ever heard that song, I Should Not Be Moved? I'm not about to sing it, but I'll read it to you. Here it goes. It says, I shall not, I shall not be moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, the source, deep roots. He says, I won't be moved. I'm on my way to heaven. I shall not be moved. He knew it. He said, I'm on my way to heaven. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. He said, oh preacher, I shall not be moved. Oh preacher, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. I'm sanctified and holy. Did you know that? He said, I shall not be moved. I'm sanctified, set apart, and holy. I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. You got to admit, that's the number 10 one, you got to admit that you're free from the law that you're free from the law. Grace has saved you and nothing can take that away. Don't allow anything to move you again. You have been given, as we studied and found out, a place of privilege that you don't deserve and you couldn't earn, but it's yours nonetheless. And that place, your righteousness, that's your place of victory. So you take your victorious self out of here today and you live like the gods you are. You, you rule like they rule. Now understand, because we are gods of God who is love, we rule by love. So we don't got to walk around, I'm a G-O-D. He, he, he don't do that. He just says, I am. 
And how do we know he is? Because he, he does it. He be who he is. <laughs> and it's time for us to be who we are. People ought not have to ask who you are because they should already see it. They'll see the victory because they see the love. And you'll see the victory because you believe love and who he's called you to be. So let me pray over you. Raise your hands where you're at. Father God, I just thank and praise you. And I declare today your victory manifested in our lives. I thank you that all that you've set up for us, every blessing upon blessing, every favor upon favor, every gift upon gift, grace, grace in all of our lives. Nothing will move your blessing and nothing will move us from believing that it's there. We choose today to be planted by the truth of your word, by your voice, and we allow our roots to go deep so that no thing that comes our way will uproot us from you, our source. And I thank you for healing in the house. I thank you for prosperity in the house. I thank you for minds being at ease and at peace in the house. I thank you for restored marriages. I thank you that our children walk in the blessing. I thank you that our jobs have lined up, Father God, into what you want it to be. And if it be that you want us to move on, I thank you those doors are shutting and new ones are opening. And as a result, we have peace. And we set ourselves in agreement with the truth of your word. We shall not be moved. Thank you, Jesus. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise today. Amen. Thank you guys for allowing me to take a little extra time on that just to finish that up. Sometimes you just, you just got to finish uh, because uh, we need that truth to be able to walk in it. So. Don't forget about Wednesday night Bible study. Get out here. Uh, we're going to continue on with a new portion of this, and we're going to just see what Holy Spirit got to say. Uh, Connie, come on down here real quick. I want to pray with and for you. Uh, Connie's going to be uh, heading, uh, moving uh, shortly uh, at some point in time to uh, San Antonio. Uh, so we already got some friends and family out there uh, who are part of the church in San Antonio. So she's going to be moving out there in good company. Uh, so would you guys mind stretching your hands towards her as she represents her family is down here today? Father God, we just thank you for this mighty woman of God. And we thank and praise you for your hand being upon her life and the life of her entire family, Father. We thank you for Tommy and everyone else, Father God who is making this move, uh, obeying your will for their lives, Father. Now we thank you, Father God, for this mouth, these hands, these feet, as they go to do what you have called them to do. Uh, we thank you that there's an abundance and no lack. We thank you that your supply is already made available, and as a result, she walks fully and totally in it. And Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise as you are expanding the ministry of your grace, Father God. We thank you that people will be empowered to change, and as a result, Father, Father God, that area will never be the same again. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for the victory that comes from this family in your will. 
It is in Jesus' name that we pray. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. next. Uh, like Pastor said, I don't preach myself happy. So uh, who's supposed to come up here? Deborah? Come on up here, Deborah. And uh, y'all give Deborah a hand. Now we're going to apply this same spirit of victory to the Astros this week. And uh, <laughs> Lord, bless the Texans, please. Lord, hallelujah. All right, we love y'all so much. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. Deborah, come on up. <laughs> Praise God. Thank God for that series. We shall not be moved. Praise God. Don't we have an awesome, awesome pastors here? Amen. Praise God. So now it's time to give. It's time to sow into that word. Amen. The Bible says that as long as the earth remains, there shall be seed time and harvest. So if you plant it, it's coming up. Amen? So 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7 says, Each one should give what he has decided to give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. So the widow woman who gave two mites, the Bible says she gave all that she had. She didn't give it out of necessity. She gave it because she had a heart to give. Amen? So if you're not there yet, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit whispers something to you to give, he wants you to give it out of a heart of thanksgiving, not grudgingly or of necessity. Amen? So it's time now to give. We're going to receive our tithes and our offerings. Amen? So y'all uh, can receive the offering. Amen? Go ahead. Praise God. And Father, we thank you for those gifts that are being given, Father God, and we thank you for the increase that's coming even now in Jesus' name. So we have three appeals on today. First of all, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the first step in your walk. Amen? All the things that Pastor Archie has been teaching us about are available to you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So if you haven't done that, we want you to come forward. And then our second appeal is, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need this gift. Amen? He gives you power to walk this Christian life. It's easier to hear from God. Amen? You can pray. Uh, sometimes you pray in English and you don't, un you, you just can't get out what's in your heart. So God has given us this gift that comes with the baptism 
and that's speaking in tongues. It's in the Bible, and it's for today, and you need it. So we want you to come forward for that. And last but not least, if you don't have a church home, we want you to consider this church. It is the best church in Texas. That's our confession, but it is. So if you don't have a church home, we want you to come forward. This is a family that loves you, amen? And we are world changers. And you know what? God has a place for you. You're not just in this, in this uh, country or you aren't just born for nothing. There's an assignment on your life. And if you join this church, I declare that you will be challenged to walk in the assignment that God has given you. Amen? Amen. So um, let's everybody stand. And we want you to speak with your neighbor about one of those or all of those uh, particular requests. Okay? Okay. So we'll wait for you. Amen. God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it looks like all is well with everybody. Amen. Okay, well, it's time to go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word on today. We thank you, Father God, that you said if we keep the word in front of our eyes and in the midst of our heart, it will bring life to us. This word is bringing life to us and also healing for our flesh. So we thank you, Father God, and we pray for these, your people, on this week. We declare that they will have a grace-filled week and walk in victory in every area of their lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, and thank God you are released.